The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Christmas can be an absolutely wonderful time. The lights, the manger scene, children in Christmas programs as well as, as, as we saw here last Sunday. Um, this candlelight service this evening Families gathered together, it warms our hearts. And it can be a profoundly joyous and meaningful time. Christmas can also be a difficult time. The Christmas and New Year season, unfortunately, brings about a sharp increase in cases of depression, perhaps because there is less sunshine, perhaps because there's a loved one missing at the gathering perhaps simply because of expectations that it should be a certain way and it turns out not to be that way. How we see the world and anything that happens in it is shaped in a lot of ways by our perspective. A few years back, we held services outside on Christmas Eve. We could have done that again. It's not too bad out there. <laughs> but, but, I, but, but it's how we tell that story about it. It could have been, it was horrible. I mean, it was so cold and it was terrible. Why did we have to do that? Or we can remember it as a time when we thought more creatively. 
thinking of new and unique ways of how to have worship, reminding ourselves that the church is not a building where people go to pray. It's not made out of sticks and stones. It's not made out of clay. But we are the church, the body of our Lord. We are all God's people. We have been restored. Or last year, we gathered for Christmas Eve services only to discover that the temperature here at the four o'clock service, anybody remember? <laughs> it was cold, 40s or 50s in here, um, in the building. The service, this furnace had stopped working during the day. No one is here to notice it. And then an hour or two before the church began, we started scrambling, how do we get this to work? So we called the uh, emergency repair person, I think, was from train um, and they had to come and they didn't arrive until the service started so the four o'clock was very cold <laughs> I wore a hat and many of you did as well <laughs> the six o'clock service was a little warmer but still cold and then for those of us who had been at the four o'clock and were still chilled we kept our hats on <laughs> And then the nine o'clock service, finally we were toasty warm. Um, the building again had warmed up. We could tell the story, it was a terrible time where we had no heat and we couldn't enjoy the service. Or we could tell the story, helped us to think in a way about our early immigrants to this country, those who worshiped hundreds of years ago and gave, could give us an appreciation to the conveniences that we have today. Sometimes being without something helps us to appreciate when we have it again. The writers of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all told the story of Jesus in their own unique way. None of them told it from the perspective of despair, but still each had their unique way to express that hope that was in them through Jesus Christ. John talks cosmically about the word becoming flesh, and this word was the light, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The Gospel of Mark skips the birth of Jesus altogether and starts right into the story of John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness. The Gospel writer of Matthew wants everyone to know that Jesus is the true Messiah, the King God promised through the prophets to set God's people free. And so the Christmas story focuses on Jesus' royal ancestry all the way back to King David, emphasizing that the child will be royal and will be a good royal leader, contrasting Jesus to the evil king of Judah, Herod. And the emphasis is that Jesus is king above all kings and is Emmanuel, with me, which means God with us. A reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke and the writer of Luke understands that God is always on the side of the underdog. God loves the marginalized people, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the Gentiles, the women, the children, the strangers, the immigrants. And Luke emphasizes the fact that Jesus was born into an ordinary family in first century Galilee, even though his adopted father Joseph was a descendant of the royal house of King David. <clears throat> there was a time in the early church 
where there was an emphasis on getting rid of all four of the Gospels and making it harmonized into one version in the story of Jesus. But the church, I believe, was wise and being led by the Spirit when they decided to allow the different points of view from each of the four gospel writers, even though it could appear as though they don't, didn't always coincide and, and had some inconsistencies. The wisdom of this is that move, it moves us to recognize that each viewpoint is important. And as we express our own faith, that our viewpoint is valuable as well. And so this Christmas, I'm trying to keep the message very clear and to the point that God came to be with us in a world that was and is still a harsh place. And we humans aid in both making it a harsh place, but also making it a good place. Will we let fear, despair, and hatred rule in our hearts, or will we let hope and kindness and love rule in our hearts? Our choices will shape how we see the world and how we shape the world. For me, the gospel message that Jesus comes down from heaven to this earth in a lonely manger to be the salvation of the world shows what true unconditional love is. And it is a story that I want to shape my life. And the stories that flow from that story as I hear them and experience them have been shaping me to strive to be a kind and loving person, and I know for you as well. So I want to conclude with one of those stories today. There are a lot of things that make us disagree with one another, ways that we can pin one person against another or one party against another or one family against another or one school against another, here in La Crosse even. And I'm saddened when I see people take a certain position and because of that position, think it is a reason to treat others disrespectfully or with bitterness and anger and hatred. But when we move from this sense of despair and fear and ignorance to a sense of compassion and hope with the focus on the common good, I am convinced that Jesus is at work in illuminating the past. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's life, of which one of our schools is named, inspired me. And because of the tensions in the school, I want to share his story again ever so briefly. Longfellow lived a life with joy and peace. God was good until his wife, the love of his life, died due to a fire at a very young age. Longfellow stopped publishing his writings and then at that moment and only wrote periodic journal entries. One of those entries written in 1863, a couple years after his wife had died, went like this, just paraphrasing. A child came up to me on the street today and said, Merry Christmas! There is no Christmas, and there is no Merry in Christmas for me anymore. It's just a day. There's only darkness. There is no light. 
And then between Christmas of 1863 and 1864, Longfellow's um, son joins the Union Army during the Civil War and was hit by a bullet between his shoulder blades, which exited out of his chest. He's severely injured, but he lives, but never really is the same after the injury. For over a year, Longfellow can't write in his journal even, but then one Christmas, he begins to write a scathing attack, reproach against God. But as he does, as he's writing, the church bells ring. And they begin to ring as they have done other years, but this time, he is overwhelmed and inspired. And the Spirit of God fills him up and he scratches out what he began to write, his attack against, against God, and he begins to write something else. And you've probably heard it numerous times already. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet, and words repeat. And the bells keep ringing, even though they know how difficult life is. And wild and sweet and words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Skip down a few stanzas and he writes, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men. The hurt, the pain, the hatred, the struggle is real, but so is goodness. And then the crack of light penetrates into Longfellow's life, and he hears the ringing in a new way and realizes that hurt and pain and hatred does not have the last word. And he writes his final verse, then pealed the bell more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. The power of God's love breaks through the despair and the foreboding in whatever may befall us. It breaks through the hatred and the anguish and it rings alive in Longfellow's life and in our lives. Thanks be to God and may we sense God's light shining upon us in this world, whatever we are facing on this Christmas Eve and always. Amen.